Good morning, and once again, uh, this is the daily lesson, the lesson of the day from the Workbook of A Course in Miracles. I really want to thank you for tuning in with me, whether you're listening to this live or later on. Today's lesson, of course, is uh, uh, we are in the 130s, 137, and of course it also uh, deals with the idea of healing, because remember yesterday and the day before, actually every single day, yesterday's lesson dealt with sickness as a defense against the truth. And the day before, if I defend myself, I am attacked. And so we have been in the lessons with the idea that you have been in your construction, in your idea of yourself is really a defense. It's a defense against the wholeness that you are. It's a defense against the unity. And of course, as we learned yesterday in the lesson, that the thing that you use to convince yourself that you have actually accomplished what is impossible is the idea of sickness and more fundamentally the idea of a body as a separate self. But remember, it is an idea, it is a wish to be separate and not united, not whole, not um, as you have been created. And so we have to go more fundamental in the idea, and everything is an idea. This is essential. Ideas leave not their source. Everything is an idea. And as an idea of God, you have been endowed with everything that He is, and so has every living thing. All right, so when you say, when I am healed, I am not healed alone is really nothing more than your acknowledgement of what is in truth. The truth cannot be changed. The truth is immutable. You are as God created you. And so healing then is nothing more than the return to your awareness of what is true here and now and always and forever. That time plays no part in it at all. That space is an invention. Time and space both are an invention of your mind to play this game of separation that you know you can be different than you have been created and that you have established a reality apart from everything. We are discovering through our practice of these lessons, it is not so. And we see that our desire, our most fundamental desire is really to know ourselves, to know, to be, to see in every way that 
only as what God created and as God created it is what is real. That the world you see has nothing to do with reality. It is of your own making and it does not exist. And what appears to be true is nothing but your own delusional ideas of yourself as you could never be. And since you could not accomplish it in reality, what seems to be so is nothing more than your own dream that you are attempting in your own mind. You're attempting to make reality as you would have it be. And it is not true. It is nothing. All right. So before we launch into today's lesson, and we're going to allow ourselves to hear what is given us from Jesus in this workbook lesson. We're going to allow ourselves to hear anew like we have never heard before, that we are not going to bring our previous understanding, that any real true understanding, and I use that word in a particular way, any true understanding will not be lost. And so we loosen uh, everything that we believe about every idea and let it dawn on our minds wholly new and in its full fullness that it is. Right, let's play a song. And the song that I want to play is Lord of My Life.
Thank you so much. Thank you for this day. Lesson 137. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. Today's idea remains the central thought on which salvation rests. For healing is the opposite of all the world's ideas which dwell on sickness and on separate states. Sickness is a retreat from others, a shutting off of joining. It becomes a door that closes on a separate self and keeps it isolated and alone. And remember this idea of sickness is really truly the idea that you want to be separate. And in, in, in your idea of being separate, you have literally have denied your source of reality that you could never, ever be a separate self, right? Because this power, and we'll say power, because it is power, this power that you're employing to think, to define, to say what everything is, to observe, to uh, define, you know, this commentary, this commentator that goes on in your mind, this thing that says what everything is, the power that you are using to make those definitions and determine and to uh, plan and all those things is the only power that there is. You've tried to limit it. You've tried to limit it in the sense, this is my little me, and how can little old me have any effect on anything? But you are the author of it. You are the narrator. You're the one that's saying what everything is. Where did that power come from? And does not every living thing employ the same power? So that power must be singular. And the partial, um, the partiality, the limitations, the definitions, the boundaries that you have defined, you versus something else, those are definitions in your mind. And if you go back to lesson 15, my thoughts are images I have made. Your thoughts are images that you have made. Your thoughts are everywhere. You are actually uh, employing uh, the power that has been given you, right? God is the mind with which I think, right? The, but God only thinks holy. He created you whole, right? So you can really see that all you're doing is laying down what you never really had. And that is limited ideas about yourself and everything. Whole is united. It is unified. So listen again. Today's idea remains a central thought on which salvation rests. For healing is the opposite of all the world's ideas 
which dwell on sickness and on separate states. Sickness is a retreat from others, a shutting off of joining. It becomes a door that closes on a separate self and keeps it isolated and alone. Sickness is isolation, for it seems to keep one self apart from all the rest to suffer what the others do not feel. It gives the body final power to make this separation real and keep the mind in solitary prison, split apart and held in pieces by a solid wall of sickened flesh which it cannot surmount. And why is it a solid wall of of sickened flesh? Because the one thing in this world that you absolutely count on is what? Say it. Death. Death. You. What is the old? The what's the old saying? The only thing that is certain is death and taxes, right? Death. You're certain. So it is. A, it is a wall of sickened flesh. Why? Because it dies, and you believe you are that, and you believe you can die, and that's. That's what this world is. This is sickness. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. So let's see what healing is here. The world obeys the laws that sickness serves, but healing operates apart from them. Notice it says operates. You know, you think healing is a condition of not being sick. No, healing is wholeness, right? The miracle does nothing. All it does is undo. So healing is nothing more than a correction of erroneous thought, yes? It's the correction of the thought that you can be limited and isolated and separate and that you're surrounded by a bunch of other separate things. (laughs) Okay, healing operates apart from them, the, the laws the world obeys. It is impossible that anyone be healed alone. I'm going to say it again. It is impossible that anyone be healed alone. Because if you believe you can be healed alone, it is not what healing is. And we're going to get this in a few lessons, in in Lesson 140, right? When he says, only salvation can be said to cure, right? So you have a dream that you have a sickness and you have another dream that you have a remedy. That's not healing. That is not healing. Healing is the recognition of what already is. So, it is impossible that anyone be healed alone. Because in your healing, in your recognition of yourself as you are, do you recognize everything because you recognize that you are that one self. Good morning. Thank you for being here. 
It is impossible that anyone be healed alone. In sickness must he be apart and separate. But healing is his own decision to be one again and to accept his self, self with a capital S, with all its parts, its being capitalized as well, intact and unassailed. Okay, I'm going to read the sentence again. But healing is his own decision to be one again and to accept his self with all its parts intact and unassailed. In sickness does this self appear to be dismembered and without the unity that gives it life. So now you understand with this idea that in sickness does this self appear, its appearance to be dismembered. So when you remember, you, you are allowing for the correction of this seeming dismemberment. So you're remembering, you're remembering. The ideas leave not their source. You're remembering that thought, the idea that of God is in you. You are that idea. I mean, language really does fall short, way, way short, because finally, remembering is your own experience of your unity and that this dismemberment of self is wholly an illusion. It is a seeming. But healing is accomplished as he sees the body has no power to attack the universal oneness of God's Son. Universal oneness. You know, I heard somebody say, I don't like the idea of oneness because that makes us all the same. Well, fundamentally we all are the same. We may have different expressions and we may express a number, an infinite number of ways. But our fundamental nature is one, right? An artist paints a picture, right? He can express himself in any number of ways. And the pictures are what the pictures are. But that spark of creation is one. Sickness would prove that lies must be the truth. But healing demonstrates that truth is true. The separation sickness would impose has never really happened. It never really happened. So it's a dream, right? It's an imagining. It's imagining, it's imaging, the idea of being separate. To be healed is merely to accept what always was the simple truth 
and always will remain exactly as it has forever been. Let's read that one more time. To be healed is merely to accept what always was the simple truth and always will remain exactly as it has forever been. Yet, eyes accustomed to illusions must be shown that what they look upon is false. So healing, never needed by the truth, must demonstrate that that sickness is not real. So this is what it is. This is the correction, yes? Eyes accustomed to illusions must be shown that what they look upon is false. This is so much the idea of Plato's cave, yeah? You know the analogy or of Plato's cave? And if you, if you don't, I'm not going to go into it right now, but go ahead and read it. You know, like you're accustomed to thinking that all of this separation and these illusions and this uh, imaging is what is so, that, yeah, you're accustomed to it. So you must be shown that what you look upon is false. So healing could never be needed by the truth because the truth is, is you've always been whole. But you have deluded yourself into believing that you are something you are not. And so healing is nothing more than this correction, right? Your sole responsibility is to accept atonement, atonement for yourself. This correction. Okay, so listen. Healing might thus be called a counter-dream which cancels out the dream of sickness in the name of truth, but not in truth itself. Do you see why this is true? It has to cancel it out in the name of truth because healing was never needed by the truth. What in God's creation could possibly need healing? So it cancels it out in the name, but not in truth itself because truth does not have an opposite. You, truth is true, and nothing else is true. But you also remember that the truth is not external. It is not separate from you. You are that. You are what is undergoing the metamorphosis of your mind. Right? You're not going to uh, find it through an observation that as you see, let's say, the counter-dream, you will recognize that it is something not happening external to yourself, that you are what is transforming, that you are what is undergoing the change. Because you're so accustomed to doing it by observation, You can't observe anything external to your own mind. That's not possible. Everything you see is a reflection of your own mind. And if you allow for that idea that it is indeed a reflection of your own mind, 
as you see, as you change your mind, right, you will see things change. And if you don't see things change, it's only a dream. You see, you're dreaming. So, yes, it will change. It always changes. Because when you see, you literally see as things are, and that everything else is just phantom figures. So, you're not concerned. You're absolutely not concerned. Right? As he says in the Manual for Teachers, how many teachers are needed to save the world? Right? Just one. But you will recognize that your function as a teacher of God is to recognize that you're dreaming and that a healthy and beautiful body is as equally as unreal as a sick one, sick and dying. Right? It's images. It's image making. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. There's nothing more than your own recognition of yourself as you are. All right, I'm going to start that paragraph again. Healing thus might thus be called a counter-dream, which cancels out the dream of sickness in the name of truth, but not in truth itself. Just as forgiveness overlooks all sins that never were accomplished, healing, but removes illusions that have not occurred. Just as the real world will rise to take the place of what has never been at all, healing, but offers restitution for imagined states and false ideas which dreams embroider into pictures of the truth. Yet think not healing is unworthy of your function here. For Antichrist becomes more powerful than Christ to those who dream the world is real. The body seems to be more solid and more stable than the mind, and love becomes a dream while fear remains the one reality that can be seen and justified and fully understood. You see that it is that this is actually just a looking through that the uh, all seeing is really in the mind it has nothing to do with the body's eyes at all that seeing as you see the real world you will know everything as God created it and you will know that it is impossible that it be any other way Dreams are dreams are dreams. Just as forgiveness shines away all sin and the real world will occupy the place of what you made, so healing must replace the fantasy of sickness which you hold before the simple truth. When sickness has been seen to disappear in spite of all the laws that hold it cannot but be real, then questions have been answered and the laws can no longer okay and the laws can be no longer cherished nor obeyed all right let me just do that once again just as forgiveness shines away all sin 
and the real world will occupy the place of what you made. So healing must replace the fantasies of sickness which you hold before the simple truth. When sickness has been seen to disappear in spite of all the laws that hold it cannot but be real, then questions have been answered and the laws can be no longer cherished nor obeyed. Healing is freedom, for it demonstrates that dreams will not prevail against the truth. Healing is shared, and by this attribute it proves that laws unlike the ones which hold that sickness is inevitable are more potent than their sickly opposites. Healing is strength, for by his gentle hand is weakness overcome, and minds that were walled off within a body free to join with other minds to be forever strong. There's one place in the text, and I can't exactly remember where. I'm thinking it's chapter 18, right? But he says, Minds cannot attack. If minds cannot attack, then they are forever joined, right? And so you displace onto the body what your whole idea of, of being separate. So healing is nothing more than allowing for these fantasies, these false ideas to be removed from your mind, that you literally can see right through him. Healing, forgiveness, and the glad exchange of all the world of sorrow for a world where sadness cannot enter are the means by which the Holy Spirit urges you to follow him. His gentle lessons teach how easily salvation can be yours, how little practice you need undertake to let his laws replace the ones you made to hold yourself a prisoner to death. His life becomes your own as you extend the little help he asks in freeing you from everything that ever caused you pain. And as you let yourself be healed, you see all those around you or who cross your mind or whom you touch or those who seem to have no contact with you healed along with you. Perhaps you will not recognize them all nor realize how great your offering to all the world when you let healing come to you, but you are never healed alone and legions upon legions will receive the gift that you receive when you are healed. That must be the case if you are unified, if you are whole. Because you do recognize that truth is true now and forever. And you witness everything in truth. You cannot witness it falsely. As you know yourself, as you experience yourself, the healing 
of your mind. As you know this, you recognize that you it was your gift, your wholeness was your gift from God and everything is that with you. That you are the witness of the truth in everything. It has nothing to do with appearances. And so, you know, I'm going to borrow the title of Lesson 186, and that is, The Salvation of the World Does Depend on You. It really does. There is no salvation without you. There's no world without you. When you are healed, you are not healed alone. Those who are healed become the instruments of healing. Listen to this, because there is no separation in cause and effect. Those who are healed become the instruments of healing. Nor does time elapse between the instant they are healed and all the grace of healing it is given them to give. It's simultaneous. What is opposed to God does not exist, and who accepts it not within his mind becomes a haven where the weary can remain to rest. For here is truth bestowed, and here are all illusions brought to truth. Wow. You as you accept your own healing, you become the haven for everything, for everyone. And there is no distance in time or space. It is simultaneous. Would you not offer shelter to God's will? You but Invite yourself, capital S, to be at home. And can this invitation be refused? Ask the inevitable to occur, and you will never fail. The other choice is but to ask what cannot be to be, and this cannot succeed. Today we ask, that only truth will occupy our minds and that thoughts of healing will this day go forth from what is healed to what must yet be healed, aware that they will both occur as one. We will remember as the hour strikes our function is to let our minds be healed that we may carry healing to the world, exchanging curse for blessing, pain for joy, and separation for the peace of God. Is not a minute of the hour worth the giving to receive the gift like this? Is not a little time a small expense to offer the gift of everything 
he even gives you the idea that the use of your time is an expense, when in fact you get everything, you receive everything. So much is given for so little. Wow. This day we do, this is what we do. This is our desire. This is what we want. This is what we want above all else. And we know this in our hearts. And we let it stay present in the forefront of our thoughts that this is our sole purpose, our function. Yet we must prepare for such a gift. And so we will begin the day with this and give 10 minutes to these thoughts with which we will conclude today at night as well. All right, so let's do our, let's do our prayer now. Oh, thank you so much. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. And I would share my healing with the world that sickness may be banished from the mind of God's one Son, who is my holy self. Let healing be through you this very day. And as you rest in quiet, be prepared to give as you receive, to hold but what you give, and to receive the word of God to take the place of all the foolish thoughts that ever were imagined. Now we come together to make well all that was sick and offer blessing where there was attack. Nor will we let this function be forgot as every hour of the day slips by, remembering our purpose with this thought. When I am healed, I am not healed alone, and I would bless my brothers, for I would be healed with them as they are healed with me. Okay, so we have enough time during this broadcast that we're going to take our 10 minutes and prepare for the gift. When I am healed, I am not healed alone, and I would share my healing with the world that sickness may be banished from the mind of God's one Son, who is my only self. All right, we're going to stay with that.
Thank you so much. This has been our practice for the lesson of the day. Um, what comes to my mind now is that, you know, in chapter 28, Jesus talks about the greater joining. And this is a greater joining because you are not sharing no longer in the dream of separation that you literally know yourself as whole, that there's no gap where God's love is not. So you are that, and you are aware of that, and share that with everything. So I invite you to take a look at chapter 28. And today's video, and we hope that you will stay with us as if you're tuned in, is from the Illuminate Mind Training Series, and it is today's lesson with the Master Teacher. When I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. And remember, as you watch the video, you're not observing uh, something separate from yourself, that literally, as you engage with the Master Teacher, you are undergoing, uh, let's say, a procedure in your mind that you are uh, undergoing this metamorphosis. And as you are emerging and continue to emerge as the fullness of what you are, there is no limit to the extension of you. There is no limit anywhere. I love you with all my heart, and I want to thank you for being here. And all that are tuned, uh, thank you for being there as well. So have a wonderful, wonderful day. And when I am healed, I am not healed alone. You have been listening to Voice from Heaven, live in the Miracles Healing Center. Remember that God's voice speaks to you all through the day, that God goes with you wherever you go, and that God is the mind with which you think. God bless us, everyone.